the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 225. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Glenn Williams. Welcome along, Glenn. Great to have you back on the show after a very long time. Oh, so nice to so nice to be on the show. It's been what two and a half years or so in a very different place. A very different place. Here we are. We're, tell us where we are. We're sitting outside Hot Burns and Black here in uh, East Dulwich in London. This is my little corner of the world, my my little piece of paradise in southeast London. Yeah, Hot Burns and Black. Um, it's what I'm doing these days. I'm a shopkeeper. Um, selling craft beer, hot sauce, and music. <laughs> it's, very, <laughs> it's very cool. And, and it is. It's a long way from, from when I met you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You used to be on Kiwi FM. You were yep. doing the, the breakfast show there, a, a crazy mix of sort of audio, video, uh, Gosh, live streaming, right. and all sorts <laughs> of crazy stuff. You, you, you were doing some quite brown, groundbreaking stuff there, but you know, I guess a lot of water under the bridge since since then. Yeah, uh, you, you've done some work for Microsoft in recent yeah. years here in the UK. Um, Pushed videos around a web page for a while. Yeah, yeah. What was that? That was with MSN. Was that was, it? That was at their um, their online uh, portal. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting time to be at Microsoft, I guess. Um, Going through the the change of CEO and and you know, from Barmer to the new chap and 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 it's sort of a change in direction and sort of a, a quite an uncertain time I think for the for that for the for MSN I, I, especially being inside it um, going from being a, a content creator to uh, particularly here in the UK not so much all around in other places in the world but we're creating a lot of content here in the UK and then going and being a uh, uh, provider of um, you know showing everyone else's content um, just by being sort of a, a an ed- edited portal. It was mm. an interesting time, but um, yeah, bounced off off from there into uh, uh, you know, our own business and and uh, running a running a shop. It's certainly a, a different world, but a really rewarding one. I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. well, you you've got a you've got a great place here, and so uh, a little plug for any of our listeners who are. Uh, in the UK, and we know we do get a few listeners that are. Uh, I think you know some of the stats. We and we, we you're never 100 percent sure with the stats, but at any one time, it could be up to 10 percent of our audience that are, uh, you know, downloading our content either from outside New Zealand or via mechanisms that make it look as though they're outside <laughs> yeah, New Zealand. VPNs so I, I'm not sure how many actually are. Uh, but yeah, Hot Burns of Black, great place to uh, to, to get a drink. As, um, in fact, we've... we've oh, actually, what, what, yes. Because you're selling a, a whole mix of sort of craft beers. Here. Yeah, well, just I guess like just like in New Zealand, the, the craft beer scene everywhere around the world, including uh, the UK and particularly London, has just exploded. So the, it, but people say that uh, sort of five years ago... There were a couple of breweries in, in London, and now there are over seventy. You know, it's uh, it's you, it, every railway arch or industrial estate seems to have a new brewery around London, and and I guess we're part of that. Uh, you know, like all these breweries need a retail outlet, and so um, apart from wanting to start our own business and be involved in in the industry, it was definitely an opportunity as well, and and, and so we saw that, and now our shelves are full of just some most amazing beers from around locally around here but also around the world and New Zealand as well um, and I've got, we've got one in front of us uh, from the, uh, the Thornbridge Brewery and I've, I've chosen this one specifically because we're recording a podcast and we don't want anything too 
strong because uh, <laughs> things could go askew. Um, I'll try you, not and, to knock it across the gadgets as, and, as, as I'm prone to doing. And with, you were saying uh, to me that you, you wanted something sort of, you know, summery and golden and and nice and easy well, it's to, certainly easy pretty summery out here. You, um, you know, I think one, probably one of the hottest hottest days you had in a while as we head into the the summer direction. The sun is shining uh, out here, and uh, I don't know if you can hear. We're, we're on a main sort of thoroughfare, but on the uh, the thirty seven bus route, uh, so you might hear the odd uh, London bus sort of. There's a thirty seven just going past now to Putney Heath. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice wee spot, and um, and there's the sun sort of as slowly slides behind the uh, the ridge, sort of just over the way. I think we'll pour this wild swan golden ale. Excellent, and well, it does make show. it feel a little bit more like a holiday episode. Now, I'm not quite on holiday uh, yet. I've got a couple of weeks out of the country, um, so let's dive in and have a chat about that. The reason that I'm here in London is because we've got a smartphone launch uh, coming up tomorrow, the global launch of Huawei's P8. Now, we've heard from Huawei a little bit in the past. We've had hands on some of their some of their new gadgets and their their, like well, their modems. Their, their, well, yeah, <laughs> that, that was my that was my first encounter with Huawei. Or, or the, the, I think the I think free, when I pulled the free it out, router from Vodafone. The free router from Vodafone. I pulled it out of the box and said, "What is this, Huawei? What is this, whose way?" Because well, we didn't know how to say it. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we've certainly and, been schooled are, on that. There are, well, there are varying variations on it, and uh, yeah, I've I've given up with the accuracy because even the people within the company seem to. Yeah, you know, have variations on it. But I remember digging around at the time because I, w- I did want to know a little bit more about this this modem, and uh, then found out that actually this was the company that was making or providing a lot of the parts for all the big manufacturers of um, of, of you know a lot of the, of the mobile gadgets networks and, yeah. and and other gadgets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the two degrees network is, is built from them uh, by by them, and uh, the four G network that Spark and New Zealand use. So. They have grown to an incredible scale. Uh, apparently, six billion dollars in the last year on research and development. So, um, yeah, and but but all of that mostly behind the scenes. It's not as though they've been a brand that consumers have been aware of, other than just no. seeing those sort of stickers on there. But what apparently they're doing with this launch tomorrow is they, they're having maybe in the direction of a thousand people from around the world to come and do the smartphone launch, which. To me, you know, when when they talked to me about it, it seemed to be a a sort of a sign, maybe a little bit of coming of age for them in terms of uh, you know how they how they represent themselves, the yeah. fact that they would do a launch like this. Because I don't recall having heard about them doing any other launches before. We get our hands on a phone every now and then, and their mm. their you know last couple of phones have been quite good. Uh, their top end phones. Uh, in in terms of the the, the look and the feel, um, I haven't used them enough other than that to be able to to be able to you know comment. I think there was some disappointment around you know updates to you know getting the latest software, but yeah. they, they, I know they made an announcement around that. Have they uh, only recently week. gone into the top end market? Uh, the, the last couple of years, the P six, P seven, you know the P six. Actually, I remember putting it up on my Instagram. Uh, there goes the police car. There goes the buzz. Uh, um, and and just asking people what they thought it was, just a sort of a partial you know view on it, and because it looked very uh, iPhone esque and just a very nice you know nicely mm. uh, designed 
um, smartphones. So, yeah, interesting. But tomorrow will be the day we will find out all about that. Uh, in the meantime, though, as tends to happen, uh, we've had a few leaks. Now, not just around uh, Huawei's new phone, uh, LG and the G4. So that's their their next one. It's a very really um, tenuous sort of leak. This this uh, Huawei leak. It's a some kind of, um, pro, promo poster, um, and I've seen a picture of it. Someone's taken a photo of it. It's just sort of lying on the ground. Sort of, so it looks like it's been folded as well, and then and just been sort of discarded. I don't know where they found this poster, but um, it's just a picture, really, of of the phone. It doesn't. But we've got Tell quite a few. We've lot, got quite a it? few specs there listed, though. So they're talking about a 13 megapixel rear camera, uh, 8 megapixel uh, sort of forward-facing or, or sort of selfie uh, camera, a pretty chunky uh, 2500 um, milliamp hour battery, um, three gigs of three gigs of RAM. Um, and a octa-core processor. So, you know, in the internals seem to be quite powerful. Uh, full HD 5.2-inch screen. So, yeah, it's, it sounds reasonably competitive on the just on the raw features, but it's going to come down to there being a great design, them not messing too much with uh, Android mm. and sort of, you know, messing it up as, as some of the vendors have tended to do in the past. Do you think it would be more of a stock experience? The, the, the trend teams seems to be going, you know, closer to the stock and Android and you know not too over the top with those those sorts of things. So how do these specs com- uh, compare? Because you've got the um, the S6 here. How does that compare? Yeah, I mean the S6 has a slightly higher definition with its um, you know QHD uh, sc- screen. But yeah, in a lot of ways, there's, there's similarities. The cameras are the bit. Oh, the camera really in these top end phones is the bit I'm always interested in because that's where they're always trying to edge each other out and in the past Samsung were a bit disappointing with their cameras I've got to say once you got you really got down to it they just couldn't uh, they couldn't match up with what Apple Apple were doing uh, with what we were seeing in the, the Lumia phones from uh, from from Nokia yeah um, but I've, I've just been I've been using the uh, the s6 um, I've had it on me. Uh, some strange noises in the Sorry, background there. Which, the, the second the, the, coming of the yeah. devil is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people probably can't actually hear too much of that. These <laughs> yes, mics, mics are pretty good. Oh, no, there it goes. It's, it might be coming into uh, uh, in, into the audio. Uh, uh, but blimey, yeah. So uh, and yeah, the the, the the S6 has definitely excelled sort of on that camera yeah. on that camera front. And it's a, it's a phone that I've just found is, is nice to use. Now, that launched over the weekend uh, officially in New Zealand, so I know there'll be a bunch of our listeners out there that are, that are using them. I'd be quite keen to hear, hear the feedback. I really like having that fingerprint reader that, that just works uh, like the Touch ID on, on the iPhone. You have to be sliding your finger across it. But, yeah, really strong on the camera front. The sort of push the, push the home button uh, twice to take you straight into the camera. There are a few just little small things like that that, and that's that the, make it really convenient. Is that the, 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 the uh, Samsung proprietary um, software that... that does all that or uh, yeah I guess it is and uh, we, I was showing you earlier the uh, also the panorama feature within their uh, you know their their variation of the, the camera. camera software I don't think that's a, a native Android thing although I should actually do a 
a complete comparison. Mm. Uh, with See, I, I, I'm still stuck in the in the dark ages and in, in cell phone terms, uh, which is a shame, really. In this uh, society, I guess we sort of need need the newest thing and throw out the old. But I'm, I'm still got the S3 um, battered and bruised as it is. The camera doesn't work anymore and that sort of thing. But I you so managed I am, to shoehorn I, some some newer software into yeah, it. Yeah, I've got you? it's running CyanogenMod. You know, in my attempt to. St- try and stay up with, with you're such a geek you really are you know the but, average joe wouldn't wouldn't do that but, but, uh, but you've I've, gone to the effort and you've kept this this puppy running yeah but i've and so i've reached that point where i've, I've taken the signage mod as far as i can go because it, it, it they have, they're not updating it to lollipop um for the s3 as far as i can tell and the camera doesn't work so i'm looking for a new phone and i'm thinking well i i do I do like the Samsung phones. I was wasn't impressed with the S4 or the S5. They seem junky. They they, they seem cheap and plasticky. Uh, whereas the S3, although it was plastic, it still felt reasonably yeah. sub- substantial. Yeah. Um, nice so the, nice and so I do like what they've done with the S6 and the the body with the the metal. Uh, it feels stronger. Although I still I still want uh, you know I've still got somewhere in a drawer the original Nexus One made by HTC and that. Yeah, felt like you know it was carved from one piece of metal. You know, it was just this, this, this thing that that was a, a thing of beauty, and and it was heavy, and it felt you know like it could take a few knocks. And HTC have sort of consistently, consistently you know, that. built and built something premium in in terms of the the design elements and the and to a degree the the strength as well. And the S six doesn't still doesn't feel like that to me. The the, the other thing disappointing about the well, the, I think maybe it's the only thing that is disappointing about the S6 is, and this has probably been talked about to death quite a bit, but the not having the removable battery, and I've, I've really appreciated that with the S3, being able to buy a few batteries, go to go to a music festival like you know Glastonbury, and and uh, whenever our, everyone else is uh, shaking their fists at their phones, I'm just pulling out batteries and just <laughs> changing it out, That's and I've got great. got the phone going for days. Yeah, um, won't be able to do that with. Yes, sex. You no, have to you'll take have around to have an outboard sort of exa- charger if exactly, you want to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or yeah. join the queue. Yeah, yeah exactly. The charging yeah. queue. <laughs> yeah, not not much fun when you're uh, when you're out at a at an event, a festival, or a conference, or whatever yeah. it is that you waste time doing. Uh, but the doing camera, the camera really appeals. Um, well, interestingly, the LG G4. They're talking. Uh, the the leaks there indicate a 16 megapixel camera with an f 1.8 aperture. Uh, so that could well be quite good in low light, um, as the S6 is. I'm I'm curious how uh, Huawei will go with their with their new camera. There's certainly been or well, the cameras front and back. Mm. Uh, there's been some talk about those as, as being uh, yeah reasonably standout. Um, so yeah, tomorrow will reveal a lot, and uh, I will then get get a fair chunk of time on the on the device over the next few days. And we'll Do you think um, fill in a bit Huawei will? would have learnt from some of Samsung's mistakes at those launches and not try to put on a really cheesy show show and just come out straight here's our phone I have Uh, no idea what to expect you've got no expectations because they're just getting started and yeah I think you know it probably is reasonably hard for a company from you know a very different culture Mm. to present uh, you know, there's a presentation. We'll be here in London. There will be media from across Asia. 
as well as UK, yeah. US, Australia, New Zealand, and you know any, anywhere, yeah, you know, lots and lots so of countries truly around the world. Launch. So you know how how they do that, I don't know, and uh, yeah, we we'll, we'll wait and see. The only the only um, the only potentially cheesy bit I've got so far is that the. Uh, the special uh, lanyards that we've we've got that are, I guess, the access to the event. Yeah. Um, and I haven't got it with me, but there's a little piece on it which had a, a bit of tape, and they said, "Oh, don't pull the tape until you get to the uh, oh. until you get to the launch." And I'd so, be tempted. So I said, "Oh, has that got some sort of LED light in it?" And there <laughs> is, there is this sort of light element to oh, right. their their launch event. So I guess everyone's going to uh, you know be be. Glowing with some sort of, you know, glowing or flashing. Uh, You're going to be light, part of the maybe artwork. of all sorts of different colours. Who knows? Yeah. But we, we all will be revealed tomorrow. So, well, actually, so what? What would your advice be to me? I'm, I'm now in the market. Finally, after two and a half years or so, I'm in the market for a new phone. Should I wait for obviously this um, Huawei launch, but also the? Uh, there's going to be the Google I.O. coming up. They're probably going to announce some kind of phone. Should I wait and see what's coming up, or should I just dive in and get something? Now, obviously, this LG is well. It's well, the ongoing challenge, isn't it? Because there's always going to be something else tomorrow. There's going to be the new Nexus. There's going to be the new... But there's going to be a new, big be, gap, you know, Microsoft there? will have some new Windows phones in the second uh, half of the year. Apple have got an iPhone coming out. <laughs> so, uh, you'll need one of those to go with your new watch, Glenn. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just impossible. You, you have to choo- you know, choose at the time what looks good to you. But there does seem to be, th- th- you a can gap, have a little though, right? bit of sort of strategy around sort of picking your timing, and it does tend to be this time of year. Yes, that's what uh, I mean. there are a number of phones that come out, you know, in fairly quick succession. So, yeah, yeah I can understand why somebody, m- you know, might hold off, uh, and you know, unless they are extremely enamoured with one of the ones that's come out. And certainly, looking at the, you know, the Samsung Galaxy S6. Uh, you know, to me, it, it impressed me a lot more than what I expected, um, mm. and it, it just depends what you're looking for. And you know, there's certainly an audience that are really keen on the the HTCs, um, and you know, Huawei will probably attract some attention because they're likely to have a phone that will sit right at the right at the top in terms of features and capabilities and performance. Yeah. But it's going to be a step down in price. You know, that is one of the things that they have to do to differentiate. So, look, ours are, ours are as good as the top phones from other players, um, but at a lower price point. Now, I mean, whether it will or won't be as good as those those other devices will be in the eye of the beholder. Uh, You're expecting and I'll, I'll a lower price see, point. But that, absolutely, yeah. I think that, you know, that's one of the things that they have to do is to come in at a sharper um, at least a slightly sharper price point than the others because they don't have the cachet of the name of an Apple or a Samsung mm. or, you know, even the, the years that, um, you know, HTC and, and LG have been around and, you know, established that sort of uh, weight in the market that a, that a name brings. So, um, yeah, there's certainly a step up from the, the cheap, you know, Chinese random sort of OEM products that you buy. Yeah. Uh, but there, you know, there there are those risk elements when you're not buying from a, a a brand that you bought lots and lots of times in the past, right? And you know, one of the things for Huawei, and it was funny because I was sort of thinking, oh, I think they've let the side down a little bit on on updates to some of their previous phones, and maybe they had just they had picked up some of that feedback in the lead up to this launch because just last week. 
they announced a whole round of, oh, we've got Lollipop coming to this phone right. and that phone and so on. But, you know, some of these updates are still, you know, last half of the year, you know, six months out. So yeah. it's like they've just sort of started now and they've just set their time frame. Yeah. Whereas most of the other vendors have already done that. And I think they're now realizing, hold on, if, if we want people to pay for a top-end phone from us, we've got to actually make sure we get out and we update it and we, and we do those things that, that, that people expect, right? So they're saying that, are they? They're actually saying that? They've, or committed, dates they've, committed. For, they've committed dates for, but, but, for the previous handsets. If, it's, if they haven't been able to do that in the past, it's because it's obviously been too difficult internally. So I wonder what they've done uh, internally, how they've changed their systems to make to, to be well, able to do Well, if they're spending $6 billion dollars on research and development, they can uh, yeah. probably put a little bit into uh, working out how to get the latest versions of Android onto their handsets. Yeah. But hasn't Google uh, now found a way through their Google Play services to deliver the fixes that are required on some of these uh, you know, or, you know some of the, the bugs um, that need to be patched they, they were able to deliver that and bypass the handset makers uh, as well as the, um, the providers as well. I think there's a level of that that they do but it, it's not you know, it's not complete and and end to end. Right. So I don't think it covers. It does cover every base, but uh, I mean, we'll see how that actually rolls a little bit mm. over time. But yeah, by decoupling some of these, you know, some of the elements of browser and so on, so those sorts of things can be updated. Yeah. That that really has some uh, has some benefits. But I'm yeah I'm not sure on what how that's actually playing out at the moment because it's all uh, you know it's all fairly new. So the trick for me, if I got an S6, would be how long it would take me before I got frustrated with the operating system that I'd have to um, install um, a mod on there and take ownership of yeah, me, what was going yeah, on. Yeah, me, me, mess it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's our, that, that phones for, uh, for now. Um, so, yeah, a few interesting leaks there on the Huawei p8 and the lg g4 and you know very soon we'll know the full facts on uh, on both of those uh g4 launches uh not quite as soon as the uh, the p8 but it's not too not too far off um just a little one that I, I got through some detail on and this i don't know if this name rings a bell with you at all uh glenn but for years we've had and i'm just looking at your um your laptop or <laughs> netbook or whatever this this old gadget Don't is that's, uh, <laughs> uh, that's sitting there, and I, what I'm looking for is a Kensington lock. Now, oh, uh, laptops yes. and Macs and all sorts for years and years. This has got this, one. Yep, the standard yeah. little um, standard little sort of hole, often in the back or the side of them, which is for so you can plug a security lock into them, lock them to your is desk that what it is? Or, or whatever. <laughs> um, they've been doing this for 20, 20 years, and they've, I just got an, a note through that they've uh, that they've announced in partnership with uh, Lenovo initially, uh, the Kensington Mini Security Slot, which is designed for all these new, old, you know, really tiny and really slim uh, laptops and convertibles and, and tablets. So um, for all those that have, I know lots, you know, we, we have uh, you know, businesses and universities and you know, government departments and so on, that, you know, people from those organisations that, that listen in, and they're probably standardised on these uh, security gadgets that they've had to lock down their equipment for a right. long, long time, uh, they may have to start throwing some of that stuff out as they move to different devices to be able to fit in with the uh, these new connections, the new 
Kensington mini security slot. So, um, but it is worth mentioning to those that have got you know valuable kit. It is actually a really great way to lock it down, and most uh, you know reasonably priced devices tend to have that capability. And mm. I've seen organisations where someone's broken in over a weekend and run off with a you know all their iMacs or you know lots of laptops yeah. and things like that. And actually, by using these ports, and they can work with docking stations and so on too, uh, sort of minimises your chance of um, you know. A big loss of equipment. Have these things ever been uh, on Apple devices? Yeah, yep. They're stand- standard um, to have that type, uh, you know, the style of lock in the Mac as well. Because so, we we, yeah. we use a, an iPad for our point of sale. Yeah. Um, so the iPad's probably a little bit different, but maybe this new type of connection you may end up being able to get in your iPad but you've got a I think you've got a case surrounding yeah. it and you could probably bolt down that yeah uh, that case that it's in so you, you've got a couple of options there yeah so yes that's um, that's kind of handy now jumping into uh, a bit more fun stuff Game of Thrones had a bit yeah. of uh, this has been kind of fun the last few days with uh, with Game of Thrones hasn't it yeah, um, Are you a bit of a Game of Thrones I am a Game of Thrones follower. fan. I watched the first episode um, last night, so it's it's played here within the... Well, it, it, I think it actually goes simultaneously out on Sky Atlantic here at the same time it goes on HBO in the States. Uh, I'm not sure if that's happening in, in And New what Zealand. season are we talking about? Season 5, I think. Yeah, we're at season 5. I thought, was, I, I thought it was. I thought it was four. Anyway, no, no, we're definitely up to something okay. like season five. Okay, um, so you can see, I'm not. I'm not a. Are you not, um, you're not a fan. I, well, I just haven't got around to it yet. It's right. just on the list, and there's always so much content to consume. Well, the longer you leave it, the more time you're going to have to dedicate. Oh, to but I like it when you can actually do that. You on can, it. Yeah, you can really, yeah. really binge. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm delaying the pleasure, but it's going to be great when I do get to it. Yeah, so it was so it was released. Um, so the first episode, watched that last night. Um, I don't subscribe to to Sky here, so I don't have a Sky service. But they have a, uh, a their online wing of it. It's called Now TV. Yes, um, and it means you pay uh, a smaller subscription fee, and you get sort of the those the core channels like Sky Atlantic and Sky One and a, and a few others like Sky um, Comedy Central and that sort of thing. Um, and then you're able to. Um, choose some of these programs on demand or watch them live through, so you get both the, li- the live and the and the on demand yeah. options and what sort of price are you paying it'd be interesting just to compare with what I we have in New Zealand it, it it might have just gone up recently but I think it's like five, 5.95 pounds um, okay so you do- well, current exchange rates you about double that double yeah, yeah. But, you don't, but you should but you don't think that way once you're once you, you, no, think no. that way for the first couple of few months when you're here, but after a while, it all sort of makes you know falls into falls into place. But, but yeah, in terms of New Zealand dollars, though, it'd be about twelve dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you can tack on you know the various services, movies, and sports if if you want. But um, so that's how I watch it because I refuse to pay Murdoch for the Sky subscription. Uh, you know, the traditional subscription, and also I want to be a cord cutter. Um, and not be tethered to any particular box. And I'd, I'd want to try all the various services, whether it be Netflix or 
or Now TV or Prime. That's right. Um, and by subscribing well. to those services, you you encourage you know those providers to make them better and better. Yes. You put that sort of weight That's on the, the skies and the like to uh, make their their products better, particularly yeah. when you're not paying the um, you know yeah. some of those bloated bloated prices. Uh, so well, well, this week was interesting because you know a couple of things happened. The first four episodes uh, leaked. Yeah. Were you tempted? Um, I wasn't tempted, and, and the person who was tempted shall go nameless, but tried to convince me that we should watch all four episodes in a row last night. Because you are I've paying, you're a subscriber, so did, did, did you still feel that that would be a little, a little bit naughty? I, I actually crossed my mind. I thought, I actually, even, so the fact that I subscribe to Now TV means that, I mean, they sing my money anyway, so yeah, I may as well pay, go watch the four episodes. Yeah, but yeah. I thought, no, and I'm glad I didn't because I found out afterwards that those four episodes uh, are in SD. They're not even in HD. And so they're, um, they must have been released to a re- reviewer, mm. an early release, and they're not the full, uh, full quality. So you'd be getting a substandard experience of the show, and I want to watch it. On, you know, and as it, as it should be, as as intended by the producers. So, and I'm yeah. I, you are a but, good. You are a good man. But rewind two and a half years back to New Zealand, and I probably would have downloaded those four four episodes. Um, just because I wouldn't have been able to get it any other way. Well, you, you wouldn't have because uh, Sky TV uh, Sky TV were doing a. Uh, I guess they were doing a sort of a, a, a simultaneous. Uh, you know, streaming or, or um, making making it available in New Zealand, um, one PM uh, for those that were subscribed to the the Soho channel, and so that meant basically you could get it uh, pretty pretty much um, at at the same time as those in the US. So. There were there were some people that were staying home to see it because they were just hanging out. They wanted just to get it straight away. Yeah, uh, there was sort of a mix of situations, and uh, due to apparently technical difficulties was what they said. And then later it was uh, it was blamed on their suppliers experiencing technical difficulties. Uh, but basically, it didn't stream until uh, until that evening. So basically, too many people were trying to jump on the service. No, not even not even that. that it just wasn't available. No, no one, not a single person, was able started. to get it. They just didn't even start it That's until, and, until the evening. So it's these sorts of things that I think, you know, just really mess it up for those who are, you know, maybe they they have downloaded content illegally in the past mm. and they've decided look no things are getting better I am going to pay my money and get this stuff you know the the right way where you know money goes back into the pockets of the yeah. producers and the actors etc yeah. etc uh, but but you know then when when the chain doesn't work properly uh, just encourages people to uh, misbehave anyway yeah that's uh, yeah that is a real shame when it was people try to do it legally and then uh, it falls over at the last hurdle but you got to think that that's just a teething problem and perhaps people should give them another chance the problem with sky tv in new zealand is they have far too many teething problems right. with with, it's not, it's uh, not well, particularly with 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 digital with digital uh, distribution of of content which right. uh, yeah i mean in this case it, it should have actually been uh, it should have been airing 
on uh, Soho, and you know, and it and it didn't. They, yeah, so I believe the HBO Go service had issues. Uh, not, I, I don't know what's happened uh, with the series this time, but the last series um, they launched on HBO Go, and um, and and that fell over. I think for for many people who tried to watch it. So, I mean, these are, you know, when you think about it in the in the context of. Uh, the you know where where TV streaming is going to be in the future. This is very early days, right? This is uh, we're at the infancy, and these are all the the, the problems I think you'd expect to, um, as people convert you know move over to so-called IP. You IP are very TV. forgiving, Glenn. I would say that Sky have had more than enough time, and there are plenty of other people around the world that uh, I'm not can defending get, Sky TV. Can, uh, <laughs> can, 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 can get. I mean, it's the sports streams and so on. When they drop the ball on those, and people, you know, yeah. everyone says, well, every, everyone's waiting and wants to watch it live, and if that doesn't work, I think, you know, that's something where you really upset your valuable subscribers, and they've got to get some of that stuff It's like rain uh, fade, you know? Sorted for that. Sometimes that, <laughs> sometimes it happens. <laughs> yeah, well, that, there's a there's a reason why that technically <laughs> will happen, but yeah, okay. Now moving on. Um, I don't know if you were ever a, a subscriber to Slingshot's internet services in New Zealand. No, uh, Orcon, I think, was my last ISP. Well, they are now owned by Slingshot um, since last year, uh, but now Slingshot themselves are no longer uh, New Zealand owned, so they've been uh, sold out for in the direction of a quarter billion dollars. Uh, so uh, yeah, some some wow. So very, someone's very, got a big payday. Very happy uh, shareholders there. I think uh, Malcolm Dick, uh, Annette Presley, uh, who were were, were uh, I think previously married. Um, they broke up some years ago, but you know both. Annette was both, the CEO. Was yeah, some yeah, and uh, you know both very talented uh, entrepreneurs within the um, telecommunication space, and looks like they probably walked walked away here with. Um, Pockets full of cash, some early or, retirement or, money, uh, right there. Yeah, yeah. so uh, so well done. Uh, disappointing in some ways for for New Zealand that, that now you know the the ownership's gone offshores offshore. Um, but what, what do you think it means for for users? Well, they're saying at the moment there's sort of no changes and there's there's no uh, you know change in terms of uh, the local leadership and so on. Uh, you know, I can't I can't see there being too many negatives to it other than. That you know, profits go into Australians' pockets, mm. uh, which Kiwis are never yeah. a huge fan of. It's like uh, the banks, right? You know, think of think of Kiwi Bank and uh, yeah. the way that they advertise that uh, the profits uh, are not heading well, offshore. The sooner uh, New Zealand accepts one so one on. currency, <laughs> and. Uh, and, and and being an extra state, I think yeah, we well, everyone to, will be happy. We should right? go to Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, that's not what you were suggesting. <laughs> no. All right. Um, now, so now moving on from that one, uh, the Apple Watch that uh, launched online for pre-orders on I think it was Friday in New Zealand. It was the uh, was the same time as the states or. Different time. Uh, well, actually, this that was New Zealand time that it launched. Actually, not available for pre-order for New Zealand just yet because w- w- the launch date hasn't been announced for New Zealand. Right. But me thinking, well, I'm going to be in the US on the 24th when product becomes available. I can probably make sure that I get it shipped to me. Now, what I probably didn't think through enough is the fact that with these Apple launches, often things sell out pretty quickly. Yeah. So I went in, I don't know, maybe a a few hours after they had opened it. Later found out there were over a million pre-orders in the first 24 hours, but uh, by the time I got in there, uh, they were saying a product wouldn't ship till June. 
I was not happy. So, do you really uh, want one of these? Well, I want one to look at and to comment on it and to sort of you know get, give my impressions on it. Yeah. Because uh, Apple will give out you know product to media around the world in a country they'll make product available in a country where it's launching but because it's not launching in New Zealand mm-hmm. uh, I can't call up Apple and say hey can you give me an Apple launch on the uh, an Apple watch for the 24th so I can talk about it right uh, because New Zealand's not a launch as not a launch market so in those cases I've got to get hold of a product through my own mechanisms and as it happens I will not have an Apple Watch to chit chat about but conveniently I have spent a little did, bit of time you, fiddling around with the Apple Watch today did you, did here you, in London did you expect the same thing from Motorola for the 360 did you did you would you have queued up for one of those uh, with the uh, the Android watch or any not, of those Android well, watches not, uh, not quite the same but I guess I had hands on lots of the Android watches so what Apple are doing is a little bit different to what everyone else is doing and this is very much the product that is likely to bring the smartwatch into a mainstream context. Mm. Okay, but it's, so a good, it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> You've had a hands-on, though. Um, yeah, so I mean, Today. I tend to get hands-on with, with as many of the products as I can and had a little play around, and I do quite, I quite like the user experience of it. Uh, you know, I think very much smartwatches and wearables are still in their infancy, mm. and, you know, the battery life... You know, it's just as disappointing generally, and of course, I you know I, I wasn't in a position to uh, give that a really uh, good run for its money when I'm when no. I'm in a store, right? Uh, at the moment, you've even got to make an appointment in the store if you actually want to try one on. So you've got to you know set that time. Uh, but they've got products set up in such a way that you can have a little bit of a, a look through the glass at some of them. There are other ones that are um, yeah, ba- basically you know half of the strap is sort of you know sunk into into um, into the base so you can you know you can get a good uh, play with it without actually being able to put it on your on your wrist so they present it is this was which model was this was this the, uh, the gold plated uh, well uh, there were a variety of <laughs> ones that you can actually try out uh, you can actually try on those expensive models if you you know if you so desire and you book that in I'm I'm not sure exactly yeah, how or what you know what ones that that they were they were making available like that, but I would imagine most of their mainstream stores are going to have the full uh, full range. Yeah, and they will that, be thinking about security a little bit though. Right. Well, that'll be in the glass in the glass cabinet behind the the seven seven inch wall with the combination lock and the yeah yeah there'll be a special room you go in to play with yeah. it maybe yeah. yeah yeah so maybe I'll have a little bit more of a look uh, yeah t- tomorrow or the next day but my first impression of the user experience was it was a step up really on on most of the existing wearables I've I've tried in mm. terms of just accessing um I guess you call them, you know, the, the the apps or the services that are uh, that are in the device. It just seemed to to work well. Because the difference seems to be you've got the hardware um, dial, you the, know, the, the crown, digital crown, as yes. they call it. Yeah, and so that's yep. uh, and you can a roll that tile sort of way of interacting. You can roll that with it. reasonably easy. You can tap that. You can push mm. it, uh, but also you can roll your finger across it to uh, sort of scroll or to to move around. Um, the the UI depending on on where it is as well as a touch interface 
and I fit, yeah, that that worked quite well. It wasn't you know like a watch when you're trying to maybe adjust the time on a watch, yeah, and, and uh, or if you've got a watch you know that's that you've got to wind up. Uh, whereas that can be a reasonably uh, you know difficult experience to roll it. It, it rolls a little bit like a, a trackball type thing for anyone that's used that, or you know it, it, it's um, yeah it's pretty fluid. Do you think most of the people that are pre-ordering these watches know why they're ordering this watch? No, <laughs> they're just ordering it because it's it's Apple. No, they, they will know why they they will know why they're pre-ordering it. But their 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 reasons. What do you think they even want to watch? You know, like. Most people these days don't. I'm just sort of just look, look looking down at the pavement and the various people that are walking sort of past us at the moment. Um, we can see one or two people with with watches, but most people don't wear watches these days, do they? They've they've, they've got the phones in their pocket. Yeah, they're worn as a, as a fashion accessory often as much as they are anything else, and I think that's certainly the, the segment where, where a Apple are playing into. I'm not no, wearing a watch. No, but you're prepared to wear this watch. Well, I. W- I often actually would wear a um, a steel watch that I mm. quite like. Uh, I've taken that off in the last few weeks because I mean, you know, I tend to be testing lots of wearables. Yeah. Um, on this trip, I left all my wearables at home, and I'm sort of missing it a little bit. But in some ways, it's actually quite quite nice because I am trying to uh, get a bit of time out, and have a bit of holiday time, so my wrist isn't buzzing every time my smartphone's got a little reminder or a you know, message comes in and so on and I think to get these wearables right there's got to be that good control over which which things you get alerted about what yeah. you don't get alerted about but do you absolutely need them in most that's, cases that's I think no I you don't at. your it's, smartphone can yeah. actually can actually do it and as has uh, I mean it, yeah it's not it's not it's not out yet people don't don't have it so I guess we don't know but is there a use case for for is there a need you know for a wearable like this on your wrist too. Yeah, yeah. I think is over it, time we're going to see more and more benefits that will come from is it going to be var- indispensable varying wearables uh, and for some people maybe for health reasons or for the gamification of fitness or for the benefit they get out of the reminders mm. that's, that's going to be a device that they that they will always have with them but I, th- I think indispensable the like the phone like the phone right now people will find like that indispensable now you cannot leave the house without it you cannot do business without it sure will, will, will the, do you think the phone will fall into the I mean the watch will fall into the same probably thing? not for mo- not for most people I don't think that will be the case for most people anytime super soon but if the battery and all those other bits and pieces can get worked out uh, I would think we will see a, a growth in its use. I don't think that the million orders in the first 24 hours from Apple will be the peak and it will be all downhill from there. I think come Generation 2, Generation 3, Generation 4, that we will probably, you know, over time eventually see, you know, some some much stronger use of these devices. But I could well be proven wrong on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still don't have the sort of full picture on on what makes these an absolute killer. There's some nice features at the moment, and when I look at my own use, uh, it tends to be a little bit more around the fitness C, you know, type uh, devices that are smaller and lighter to wear, uh, and the reminders that are the the things I I tend to uh, tend to use and appreciate. But as you say, I'm not actually wearing we any at the right moment, yeah. and I haven't found a device in terms of a wearable that I think is an absolute killer. So I am looking forward to spending some more time 
you know some real time with an Apple Watch at some point when it launches in New Zealand. Um, on that front, I'd have to say I'm a bit disappointed with Apple that they're treating New Zealand differently from Australia. That Australia launches on the same day as US, UK, uh, but New Zealand's being treated like a sort of poor second class citizen. We don't have the, the watch on launch day, so I would say to Apple, pull up your socks. There is no excuse. We used to have products, I think going back, iPhone 5 that launched in New Zealand mm. at the same time uh, as in other markets. I think they're quite capable of doing so. And for promotional or whatever other reasons, they've uh, they've decided not to have New Zealand in there. And um, I think, you know, I think that's a bit annoying. Is it because they don't, and New Zealand doesn't have a store as such, a branded Apple store? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably part of it. Mm. But yeah, they you know these things tend to be uh, you know tend to be shipped out from online. So yeah, I, I would I would like to think that uh, they could bring New Zealand back into line with Australia and the rest of the world for uh, simultaneous global launches, including New Zealand. So it'll be interesting to see if because uh, analysts were saying that the sales could hit as high as sixty million for. The whole of 2015 of these watches. It'd be interesting to see after this first wave goes out, and then people see it, uh, other people using it, and then people will figure out whether or not they need it or not. Um, or that whole Apple effect of envy of your neighbour and what they have will take full effect, and uh, those 60 million will sell. Yeah, I think if, you know if you spent that much money on a on a watch, and you know we're, we're talking starting price of three four nine and three nine nine. Yeah, US dollars. A lot of people will make the effort to wear it because yeah. they're buying it. In some cases, more from that sort of stylistic perspective, they think it's something quite cool to cool to wear. Uh, I'm not sure that they look that amazing, but well, we'll, we'll see. You know, maybe maybe when you're actually wearing one, you got one. Um, you have a different you know perspective on uh, you know just having a look at one in a in a store. Um, but the, the battery at the moment, it still for me is a bit of a is a bit of a sticking point. I know we're used to charging our smartphones every day, mm. uh, but I th- I think you know fully wireless charging where you just drop your gadgets into a into a bowl. Now we know about that concept. Yeah. Um, that would be the ideal with these these smart watches that all of that you know ha- happens maybe a little bit easier. Uh, and I guess that's one thing I've personally found with having a bunch of wearables. Is yeah, quite often you'll you know you'll forget to charge one of them, and then it's not charged. You don't wear it that day, and then do you wear it the next day or the next day or the next day after that? Because you've yeah. you, you, you haven't. You'll find worn out it whether it's indispensable. Day. Yeah, and and that you know they haven't been that indispensable just yet. Mm. So, so will we yeah. all have gadget bowls next to our bed that will be well, charging? All well, it, it's not necessarily the bowl because we've we've already got uh, you know IKEA that have announced you know we're oh, sitting the at a table heads, here right. the yeah. the, um, the the bedside tables yeah. and uh, yeah the table at the cafe at the bar that you know I've got <laughs> between us we've got uh, yeah a number of gadgets from laptops to yeah. audio recording to uh, four smartphones here uh, that in the future at a at a at a at a nice uh, wooden table like this, it could underneath it have some technology to be wirelessly charging all of these devices for us. Uh, so, and I could maybe lean my wrist 
uh, on the table and also have my watch charging <laughs> wirelessly. Um, or, I don't know. Uh, but I'll yeah. come out here and I'll see you lying on the table. I mean, what are you doing? I'm trying to get my watch at the right angle. If I twist it a little bit, it, uh, yeah. While charging my phone in my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, I guess there's a possibility that will happen. Um, now, a couple of other other topics before we finish up. Uh, now, last week we were hearing about somebody getting convicted uh, for, in the, well, not quite two decades, but in that direction for uh, for their involvement with a, a, a site that was making money off revenge porn. We're now hearing here in the UK um, two up to two year jail sentences for those that are involved in uh, in revenge porn. Good idea. Well, it's. I guess it's got it, 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 these. You know, this can't go unpenalised. Um, I mean, we just saw. We've got to discourage it, don't we? It's got to be discouraged. Um, there was the uh, the guy uh, Kevin Kevin Bullet. I think or I can't pronounce his surname, but he was. Um, he had a revenge porn website, mm. and he's been thrown in jail. Yeah, that was the one we were talking about last week. I think it's eighteen years Eight, for a long, long time. Mm. Um, so the precedent is always is, 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 is there already for for and this sort of stuff. Been, but the actual sharing of it, of the, the actual act of being the person sharing it. Um, yeah, this is, I guess, uh, a new penalty that's being introduced and. There's a lot of havoc that gets wreaked, you know, you know, flow-on effects that can get, you know, happen because of these. And, you know, um, a, a family that I know of, I found out that, uh, you know, one of the young teenagers in this particular family had had, uh, you know, some imagery get online that shouldn't have and... Yeah, just just the the flow on effect that that can cause is uh, like a big you know, lifetime effect, I suppose, is, uh, isn't it? Yeah, pretty shocking. So, in, anything we can do to start, uh, you know, discouraging these types of activities, I guess, is uh, is hopefully going to uh, uh, minimise, yeah, but the impact of, much, of of these things. This is very much an adult penalty, though, isn't it? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we still have issues with youngsters with that youngsters don't realise the impact right. of yeah. of of what they do. You know what might happen when a you know a, a young a younger um, you know person shares something that they they think is just going to an individual and will never get any further, and then you know find out actually uh, you know this thing's been spread around the whole school or you know beyond. So what? Uh, yeah. So my, my question, I guess, would be also. So that's that's the the adult penalty for doing it as an adult. What's the you know what 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 are kids? You know, what sort of ramifications are they going to see for for getting involved in this sort of thing as well? Um, I guess would would go through the the normal process of, of youth um, penalties in courts and. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty serious thing. I I don't know. It's not really a field, I guess. I have too much experience in, but mm. I would I would like to think that uh, you know there will be more education around this sort of thing with young people, and things that we've seen happen in recent years will will drop off or, or disappear uh, in the future. But reality is, uh, you know, sometimes when we're when we're a bit younger, uh, we just don't think through the conse- consequences mm. as much, mm. and so uh, yeah, we, we'll. Yeah, I'll certainly be interested to see you know what happens, and obviously, uh, you know, obviously, you know, laws and governments often just don't keep up to date with the challenges that technology uh, you know tends to create. 
Now, before we wind up, there was uh, one other oh, I just thought, story we, we wanted to discuss. Yeah, and I just thought a, uh, an interesting story for here in the UK, um, coming from the perspective of someone now who's pretty much locked down to my geographical area by the, the, the beer shop that we've set up. You yeah. know, I don't sort of very rarely leave the postcode. So often I get most of my stuff delivered, you know, everything that I needed for the shop or... Uh, for for home ends up being delivered because I sort of can't get out to the um, to some of the stores that I want to. Sure. I just saw this story um, headlined: online shopping deliveries rev up record UK van sales. So uh, all these um, you know all these uh, transactions being done on the internet, whether it be I suppose Amazon or some of the other big marketplaces, are actually having real world flow on effects to. So Physical objects that's right. on our roads, like like vans, creating um, new jobs and uh, that's right. yeah, pe- people buying new vehicles and so on. There were ninety seven thousand seven hundred seventy five vans registered in the first three months of twenty fifteen. That's up twenty two point three percent from um, a year earlier. Uh, so all these sort of miscellaneous white vans that are driving around. We've seen quite a few. In fact, you know, you only have to look out now. You see all these vans passing. passing right, yeah, Probably yeah. many of them uh, have parcels in the back and uh, are, uh, are, you know, delivering probably mostly, I would say, Amazon uh, parcels around the place. But I just thought that was interesting because people talk about often how technology kills off uh, some industries or people lose jobs. But, um, and, and, the, the, the postal service has a complaint that they were going out of business for years but I just can't see how that is translating into into the real world where you see that, that more stuff is being delivered than ever before it, it is but I think there's a lot more automation that goes on behind the scenes as well and you know optical character recognition where you know computers reading the uh, the addresses on the on the mail rather than individuals and you know there, there is a lot of automation and of course there's that uh, that future thought of drones doing oh, drones. deliveries, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, certainly, you know, self-drive uh, vehicles will will end up, you know, in time doing a lot uh, of that work on the road. It doesn't mean there won't still be a person in there, but uh, although eventually, we, I'm sure we would get to that uh, that point. So, you know, we are going to have to work out as a society how to deal with, uh, you know, I think just an ongoing automation that will uh you know will impact uh, more more and more jobs in fact something i was reading about just today uh was the robot uh, a robotic chef that could uh fill in and do some of those no things way. that uh, normally would be done by the sous chef and um, oh, like chopping things chopping things up, things up putting them together and uh you know being able to sort of follow through i guess a script of instructions and deliver the consistency that maybe a, a human cannot deliver and they were talking about this particular um and i guess it's not a tr- you know a traditional sort of r- run around the kitchen yeah. well not that that's a traditional robot but you know the the mindset of what a, a robot would be but uh you know something that's able to do all of these these sorts of uh you know chef type functions uh but also built in and able to clean itself and wash the dishes and bits and pieces associated does it still throw abuse around the uh, kitchen screaming and yelling and swearing well that would be one of the disappointing things isn't it that you would lose the uh, the the personality that uh, often exists yeah and the the camaraderie that uh, that happens in in kitchens will be lost it would just be this 
kind of you, Gordon, can you imagine Gordon Ramsay in a kitchen like that yelling abuse at, at the technology at <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be quite entertaining as, 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 uh, for a little while just an ambient noise of whirring parts and chopping and yeah no mm, it doesn't doesn't mm. quite have the same sort of romance or ring to it no no you might have somebody somewhere that sort of is programming and designing these menus but then they get churned out like McDonald's all around the That's world right. so you can walk in into fact, your in fact, into your into your local uh, what what would they call a sort of a, a souped up McDonald's that was you know delivering extremely fine dining but uh, you know all being uh, you know, fed out of machines right. I mean, if anyone's going to implement anything like that it won't be your, uh, you know, five-star Michelin restaurant. It will, it'll be it'll be a, b- a big chain like that of a system-based uh, service restaurant. I'd say. Mm. Uh, well, there are always fascinating times ahead. Um, most of them, hopefully, are pretty good. Actually, there'll be no robots producing this podcast in the near future. I hope not. I hope well, I'm no, not. No algorithm. I'm not, I'm not entirely put out of work. But well, it's the not technology. entirely po- impossible that there wouldn't be an algorithm that could produce this. The, tech opi- the opinions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't think they'd be quite as diverse as the opinions we have, but I guess they they listen and they'll eventually get it. So uh, yeah, for those that are listening to uh, episode two million four hundred and fifty six in the future, I'd like you to play back this one and just compare yeah. uh, the difference with uh, with episode two hundred and twenty five. It's a highly optimistic uh, uh, kind of uh, thing to end on there. That's, uh, this podcast will be going into its two millionth episode at some point. Billions of light, uh, billions of uh, <laughs> years away, and in a, a galaxy uh, light years away from here. And uh, yeah, all right. Well, um, that, that's enough of uh, crazy futuristic thinking for uh, for this episode. Uh, but thank you for joining me, Glenn. This well, has been fun. It's been it's been fun having you here, and I'd like to think this would be. Um, hopefully, it wasn't too noisy for the uh, for the listeners. We're here on on a busy road on East Dulwich Road in South East London, and uh, it looks like the um, the rush hour uh, home traffic is starting to sort of build up there. So hopefully, it hasn't been too noisy. We've had a few crazy kids go past, and. Um, few, few it's been, I think probably more entertaining for us in the audience because our technology tends to cut most of that background uh, yeah. background noise out. But uh, yeah, I've certainly enjoyed it. Now, Glenn, where do we track you down online for those that are interested in uh, you know just just having a little bit of a look, well, maybe uh, you know uh, tapping you on uh, on Twitter or I still uh, have the odd uh, odd Twitterings. And certainly, I'm not. Um, I'm more of a. Uh, um, uh, looky Lou on Twitter these days than than uh, used to be right. You know, used to be a bit more of a participant, but um, but I'm there with a few musings occasionally at um, at Radio Ammo, and also uh, for the shop as well. If you want to keep up with uh, craft beer, hot sauce, and and vinyl in South East London, it's Hot Burns Black. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, thank you again, and for listeners, uh, feel free to join us online. I'm on Twitter at Paul Spain. Uh, we're at NZ Tech Podcast on Twitter and uh, I'm across most of the other social networks. And you can find this and other you know, New Zealand podcasts at podcasts.nz. All right, see hey. ya. Oh, cheers. Cheers. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.